Gee, Steve, what are we going to do tonight? Same thing we do every podcast. Tell them how we see it. Alright, here we go. This is uh, How He Sees It, episode 55. We're going to cover, uh, we're doing uh, Ready Player Two, the book by Ernest Klein. This is a sequel to Ready Player One, which we just did a couple episodes ago. We, we did the first book and the movie. Uh, this one doesn't have a movie yet and probably is not going to get a movie, I don't think. Well, I, I think when, it, when they uh, green-lighted the sequel, when, when he... When the first movie was made, he he talked to Spielberg, the 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 author, and they they decided they were going to try to work together to 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 on this next book, or at least I think they had some ideas oh, really? on where to go. But I agree with you. I don't I don't know if it's going to amount to an actual movie. It, it, See, I, I would have thought if he was working with Spielberg, it would have it would have had a different flavor to it, but maybe not. I don't know. We'll get we'll get into that to, in in a minute. Uh, before we get there. Um, I just want to say, hey, we're we're on episode 55, and I I just looked uh, today, and we we are almost over 600 downloads since we got onto um, iTunes essentially, which was about we started that about 10 or 11 episodes in. We weren't even our first. That's interesting. So when you say iTunes, so you know when you've talked about how many how many listens we get, I usually just go off of HWSI the the web. The, yeah, there, but yeah, it's it's not necessarily just iTunes. It's it's all downloads recorded by Podbean. Um, so true. It, but it, if it someone actually, if someone listens on another platform, does that it show shows up? up? Yes, oh, it does. Okay, okay. I wasn't sure. Okay. Yeah, no. It, it actually gives us a breakdown of how many um, have been done on one platform versus <laughs> the other. And the cool thing was is is I think we we either got someone that hasn't listened in a while and and jumped back on. Or we had a new listener because there was like 30 downloads in two days, <laughs> and it was like a bunch of different episodes. Some all the way back to like I think the earliest was like 14 or something like that. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And so it's one of those things is I geek out about when I see it and stuff like that, and I get really excited. I'm like, okay, so someone actually is listening to this for one. That's really cool. <clears throat> and then um, <laughs> I sent out I sent out our last well, last one the holiday uh, special. Um, today on Facebook and, and it got a lot of the responses right away just people like what they are watching and stuff so hopefully those people are people that are potentially listening to I, I, I would think that would be kind of cool so that's great we have our own holiday special I, we I, did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> true true yeah well it's funny I was um, so I, I, I know I've talked about before the other holiday or, uh, other podcast I listen to is the turtle soup and uh, so I was listening to one, and then uh, we did our special. And I was like, you know, that's one thing I've never seen is, is a Turtles holiday special, essentially, on TV. And I can't think of any. I oh, mean, oh, the animated one. Okay, not, not the yeah. podcast. But, okay, right. <clears throat> well, the pod, yeah, the podcast, no, they haven't done one either. But, no, and it was one of those things. Is, so I emailed them, like, all right, here, because they always ask for emails and things like that, like we do. But they actually get them. And then, uh, so I sent him an email. I'm like, all right, here's the thing. I've never seen this, this, uh, them do a, an animated or, uh, a, a turtles holiday special. I go, so that's it. Your, your job is to write one. Cause that, they'll come up with stuff off the fly and they're really cool and really good at it. So I, I emailed them off that. And so I can't wait for their next podcast to hear if they do it. I'm like, Oh, that'd be fun. 
<laughs> but yeah, I was thinking about that. So speaking of that, like I know I've, I've jumped on and watched a couple other holiday specials have, have, since we've done our holiday. It's not that been that long, but have you watched anything or has it gotten you in the mood to, to watch any holiday specials? Um, I, I dug up the snowman again, watch that. Um, I, uh, I, I was watching, I, I caught a commercial, uh, a new Chevy Chase commercial where he does uh, Griswold, Clark Griswold. He recreates yeah, yeah. the scene from uh, Christmas uh, Vacation where he's lighting up the, the house. Oh, the, the high. <laughs> Be Beverly D'Angelo and, and Chevy Chase got together. They did a, they did a commercial for the new um, electrical Mustang and uh, oh, okay. that they, they recreate that scene so i thought that was kind of fun um yeah so so no i haven't watched any any uh, holiday movies but i did catch a commercial and i and i yeah, rewatched the snowman so that's funny you talked about christmas vacation uh so my brother yeah. had, had posted um on facebook that after working for like 15 years moving furniture and stuff like that he finally got a christmas bonus and right away first thing i thought it was like oh he got a jelly of the a jelly of the month <laughs> and so I, I sent that off to him and he, he got a good laugh out of that and it's kind of funny um did you watch anything uh we just finished watching lord of the rings the, the okay <laughs> so it's not really christmasy but it was kind of inspired a little bit partially actually partially by um the, the Ernest Klein book we're about to, to review um, got me kind of thinking about the Lord of the Rings and stuff like that because they touch on it and stuff like that. So, Right, and, and uh, Anorak, Halliday's uh, character comes across as like a Father Christmas-like, or at least he does in the movie where he's got the long beard and kind of a Gandalf, yeah, I, I, Santa. You know, I don't know. I, I had, <laughs> so I had my own vision of him in my mind because I read... I. I shouldn't say I read, but I listened to the book before the movie came out. So the the movie version did not suit anything like I, I thought any of the characters looked like. So um, the movie never jaded my vision of them. And I didn't see them as a, as a Santa Clausy type, but I know what you're saying. Like a Gandalf, is, like I've heard people refer to him as like Dirty Santa or, you know, like uh, <laughs> uh, Homeless Santa and stuff like Like especially when he's Gandalf the Grey and his hair is just kind of wild and crazy and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, we just finished that. And it's, it, you know, it's just as good today as it was when it first came out. Like it, that movie holds up 100%. So that was, that was kind of fun. And, and it, to me, it had a... It has a holiday feel, kind of. I don't know. There you go. It, yeah. <laughs> it's not necessarily just, you know, like, you know, like I said, you know, the, the Christmassy Santa Claus. It's, it's kind of whatever, whatever kind of works for you. So, yeah, it was a lot of fun, and that was, that was good. I finished uh, the, Man the Mandalorian, um, oh, wh wh which a lot of people probably did. Caught that episode on on Friday, which uh, that's big spoilers, so I don't want to get into it. But uh, but one thing I'll note, uh, you know, we talked about uh, we talked about Elf on uh, mm -hmm. Wednesday. Right. We talked about uh, you know we've been talking about Iron Man. We've been talking about Mandalorian, and I don't think we mentioned on Wednesday that uh, Elf was directed by John uh, Favreau. Um, I thought we might which, have because I think I talked about it in that um, where because we were talking about oh maybe maybe it was off air but we were talking about Chef and things like that that he was in yeah and I, I was just I, I just caught that again it's like oh my gosh you know we were talking all oh, about yeah. Elf and that was on your list and it just seems like he keeps coming coming into our conversations um, oh, he's on, on and different yeah yeah he really is 
Well, I mean, he he, he started. Internet and the, and all the Star Wars fanboys are totally in love with him now too. They just yeah. think he's he's the only one. He's the Star Wars savior. <laughs> well, I mean, he he started the MCU with Iron Man. Yep. Um, and then yeah, they a lot of people are saying that you know he saved the the Star Wars franchise with Mandalorian, which I agree. I think Mandalorian is a great show. I I never watched any of the cartoons, which I know. Uh, the real hardcore Star Wars fans that have watched them say they're great and the stories are good. And I, I, I've heard that there's really good books out there and stuff like that. So there's there's tons of story out there. But what they've done with the films has not always lived up to it. And, you know, it's kind of sad that that's the case. But this Mandalorian is just killing it. I mean, and there's so many uh, Netflix or not not Disney Plus uh, spinoffs now coming TV shows. I saw a little behind the scenes of of the, the guy from uh, Rogue One, the... Um, so which it must die? yeah it must be like a prequel to Rogue One but one of the <laughs> the main the main guy that uh, that dies at the end of Rogue One when the when the blast goes off and he's holding uh, he's holding the woman the two of them are standing there it's his story I guess it's a bunch of uh, stories when he's back on his uh, planet where he's um, like when he's a baby rebel baby rebel. No, I, no, I think like he's... New, new, new to being a rebel, you know, not, not, not like an actual baby. Yeah. Well, it's how his character was inter- how his character was introduced in Rogue One when they were out on, on down on that city city and uh, oh, okay. they got they got jumped or something like and they had to they had to shoot a couple stormtroopers or something like that and get away and yeah, he ends up killing he ends up killing the other guy anyway he, he it sounds like it's a spinoff that follows his his okay. character and and what. Yeah. I've got a question, and, and it, you brought it. You, you made me think of it. Uh, I thought about this before. So, all the stormtroopers were originally clones of Jenga Fett, right? Is that the? Am I got that right? Uh, I'm, not a, I'm not a huge Star Wars lore guy, so I, I could. Yes. I've okay. Got, okay. Yes, I think and, so. And he's the yes. one who supposedly taught Boba how to be Boba and be his fighter and stuff. So you know, theoretically, yes. Jenga was supposed to be a badass too. If they're clones of him, why the fuck can't they shoot? <laughs> right? You would think that's in the DNA when you're cloning it. Why the fuck can't they shoot? If if they're if he's supposed to be such a huge badass that you think even fifty percent of him would have been a better shot than the stormtroopers are, right? Maybe maybe Boba Fett maybe Boba Fett was a better uh, was like their original uh, original creation. That where they proved they could do it, they gave him to Django Fett as you know that because that that's what they did, right? The they so they are we uh, talking about the multiplicity issues. Yeah, and right, exactly, and all the rest of them <laughs> went a little went a little nuts. When yeah, multiplicity is a great example. <laughs> she touched my pee pee. <laughs> okay, so it was just one of those things, and I because I I saw that and and I saw a meme where it was like. Stormtroopers shooting at anybody else, and they hit all around. And then stormtroopers shooting at uh, Mando, and they hit him every time, you know, because <laughs> his his armor can live up to it. It's just, it kind of made me laugh. And I was like, yeah. Kind of... But yeah, then it made I mean, me it's, think... it's it's just the convenience of script writing. When you got your hero, they can't. You know, what would happen if they got shot in the first uh, first act? Then then you don't have a. Well, and that's the movie. other thing is, it's like. <laughs> You know, when a stormtrooper gets shot, they automatically die. I mean, it's like they're in the old west, and and everybody's got the you know the magic bullets. You know, one bullet takes you out, kind of thing. And it's kind yeah. of it gets old, it gets tiresome. But well, then you got movies like John Wick that really try to pay attention to that stuff, and and, yeah. and and it's so much fun to see that see how he he uses his skill to evade all these really talented attackers. You know, it's not just well, and his uh, shots don't always take yeah. out. You know, he has to sometimes attack guys multiple yeah. times. Now that 
God, could you imagine mixing a John Wick and a Star Wars film? <laughs> Holy crap. Like, now that that would be the Boba Fett I'd want to see. If, if they had to make a Boba they better make him John Wick-like, because then, then I'd be interested. <laughs> Otherwise, nah, I'm good. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Um, so uh, let's 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 get back on track. We're gonna get okay. back into our book, but before we do that, uh, I want to know what you're drinking tonight. All right, I gotta pour it. I gotta see what it turns out. Um, one of the, one of the uh, quests in uh, Ready Player Two, which I I gotta say this is gonna be a spoiler. I don't think we can really talk about this without giving spoilers, right? I don't think we do anything that's not spoiler free okay. unless we okay. Right? We're pretty well, much this... a spoiler podcast. This was a this was a quest in in Ready Player Two that probably went a little longer than it should have, and it wasn't one of my favorite characters. But it did inspire um, one of my it wasn't one of my favorite quests, but it did inspire this drink. And I, I looked this up, thinking that there had to be a cocktail called this. This is called a cocktail formerly known as. <laughs> and let's oh look check it out. Okay, so this. Yeah, this is like a like a Tom Collins. It's a, um, it's a yeah. So it's based off of Prince, obviously, uh, who was uh, artist formerly known as Prince, which they have a whole section of that in the book. Very so for any Prince fans, you'll probably be in heaven. If you're not a Prince fan, it's kind of a dud. Um, well, even but, if you kind of like him, just like him, <laughs> it kind of like okay, you drug it out a little long. You did, did drug up. But so this this has uh, something called pea flower no butterfly pea flower tea and lavender syrup and then besides that it's a um, it's a uh, Tom Collins supposed to add and a little bit of uh, gin club and soda gin and lemon yeah lem yeah lemon juice and, and club cool. soda so nice. uh, yeah and hey I got it purple so I'm happy <laughs> there you go yeah it, that definitely would uh, work for for uh, he who was known formerly as Prince or yeah whatever you yeah this, so this is the cocktail formerly known as and that's funny <laughs> Uh, that's really cool, and yeah, I agree with you. That was definitely, and we'll get into that into the podcast. Uh, so I got inspired because um, I started thinking about man, what other good drink, uh, good drink, <laughs> yeah, uh, tasty. I started thinking like, what other things could have you know pop culture wise, or what other things would I would have really thought that would have been cool for him to tackle? And Quentin Tarantino doesn't get much of a mention in any of them, and it made me think of one of my favorite beers from uh, a local brewery, Three Disciples. So I went and got the, the Pulp Fusion, which is based off of Pulp Fiction, which is a cult classic movie, which I was kind of disappointed to not see anything like that because, I mean, just quotable from the movies. You know, yeah, exactly. And just like uh, you were talking, you were writing the Turtle Guys, uh, Turtle Soup, about their, you know, to create a holiday special for uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. We, could, we can create a, a Ready Player Three um, and Tarantino it. <laughs> oh God! Oh, that would be so fun. <laughs> what was that? What, what's the joke? What's the joke where we're going to Tarantino it? Oh, no, that's uh, that's um, oh, what's his name? Uh, I you lost me. <laughs> I don't know. No, he says that he has he has that way of telling. He's the comedian um, that does the does the bank robbery with the with the with the monkey. Uh, <laughs> Oh, oh, Dane Cook. Dane Cook. And he says, okay, when he's telling the yeah, story, yeah. he says, we're going to Tarantino it. And he kind of tells gotcha. it in reverse. Or, or <laughs> Yeah. So this is this is a nice, it's a, it's a hazy double IPA. This has been one of my favorites. Um, it's really good. It's got a citra and a mand mandarinian, barbarian hops. Run, comes in at an 8%. So it's, it's a, 
so good. It's it's. I I've only had it on tap, and I love it on tap. How is it from the can? Any any different? Um, yeah, depends. I mean, I've had them out of the can where it's like super good, and I've had them where it's like been a little bit longer and it's not as good. But uh, the first couple ones out of the can I got were actually um, from the brewery, kind of like you know when you go get a growler filled. They actually fill them in the cans and can them right there. So it was kind of off the tap a day later. So cool. I don't know if that had a play to it. No, it's not bad. Um, it's not. It's not. <clears throat> I, I, I have to admit that cans versus right off the tap, there is a difference in flavor sometimes. And this is one that I think right off the tap is just gold. Um, this is still really, really good. Uh, no, no huge loss. I think it's just a little bit has a little bit fresh, more freshness right off uh -huh. the tap. And because it is a, it's a very hazy and a very juicy hazy, that that juice flavor really comes out right off the tap. And I'm not sure exactly if it's because it sits in the can, if it's a timing or an age thing or right. or what it is. But yeah, it's but it's still one of my favorites, even out of the can. I, I would drink this all day long. I just opened my uh, ninth floor yesterday. Hadn't tried that. That's a, uh, I brewed it a, a few weeks ago. It's a, it's a New England style. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You were telling me about and, that. And I like it. It's 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 mellow, but it really it, it hits all the right notes. And it's are not you still a, bottling all these? Or I had to bottle this one because I had uh, I only have one keg right now, um, and I I could get another one, but you know Christmas is coming up, and I might. <laughs> I, it, it was on my list. Is, yeah, so I thought I'd I'd wait a little bit to see. So so I bottled this, um, and also I had planned to do uh, a lager. I, I was going to do a lager last weekend. And I would have needed the refrigerator for the the lagering because it needs to be at 50 degrees, which is the kegs in there now. So so uh, I had I, I that was another reason why I chose to bottle just so I didn't have to think about yeah. um, refrigerating I, the keg and getting. I've them. gone to bottling my two gallon batches, and uh, it's kind of nice to have some bottles again because they're easier to give out to friends and stuff. I have that Oktoberfest. I have a uh, honey ale, and then. Um, I just did a uh, just opened the first one of a cider that I bottled and this was just I bought apple uh, juice from the, the grocery store organic apple juice no preservatives or anything threw some yeast in it and let it sit and then bottled them and it came out really good nice. I had a little sweetness at the end and uh, just because I don't care for them super dry but it came out pretty good so I'm pretty stoked about that it's super easy it was like five bucks in juice like a dollar fifty in yeast and and uh, you know, wait in a couple of weeks, and then you, and you know, you got. I ended up with 21 bottles out of two gallons, so not too bad. Nice, that's great. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it came out really good. Cool. All right. Well, let's let's uh, now that we got our drinks going, that w that'll help us uh, loosen up for this uh, podcast <laughs> this review of Ready Player Two. Um, like I said before, it's it's a, um, a sequel to the the book that was Ready Player One, and they had a movie. This more. I don't know if the movie and the book really were separated too much, but this was this was right after the end of the book because um, they get a little bit more into the depth of it at the end of the book. I think they talk. This is supposedly not too long after the book ended. This one starts, and it starts off with um, the five or four winners. One one was no longer um, are now the CEOs of the company and and are now running things and. Um, yeah, one being no longer. That's that's a difference between right. the old uh, the movie and the and the book and the in the book. Oh, that's right. The movie they didn't have any of them die. True. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Shoto uh, died in the movie. Mm. Right. 
or was it Dido? Dido, because Shoto was in this one. Yeah. Okay, so Dido, Dido died and Shoto, Shoto lived. And then, so to still be the high five, they get uh, Ogden Morrow, who was the co-creator of the right. Oasis, kind of, and he's part of their group and stuff like that. And they, it starts off just kind of like talking about what happened after the fact and how they, how life was changing a little bit. You know, they, they do a little bit of, little bit of information on the, the other characters. And um, it was kind of interesting, you know, um, I wasn't sure where he was going to go with this because there were so much criticisms uh, for the first book on people were talking about like, well, you didn't give enough backstory on the back, you know, the side characters and all this. And I was like, and, and same criticisms that came out this time is like, you, you know, you only talk about this from the reference of this, you know, uh, single or not single, but this, this white male, you know, character and, and it's all from his perspective. And I was kind of like, well, that's the story he wrote. Like, if, if you want a story of the side characters, fucking write a story on the side characters. No one's stopping you. <laughs> but this is the story from his perspective. Like, that's what it is. Like, and, and so it kind of... And they did, he actually does two things in this to, to address that, at least from a female perspective, because he does talk about the new technology that's discovered can now kind of show a female's point of view and they talk about right. some of that and and also at the at the end who's the low goes off and has this battle and oh, they okay. said and, yeah. and he says something about anyone who wants to write some fan fiction can tell the stories of that or you know he he kind of offers that out as hey if you want another yeah. point of view well, you have at it that's what we're bitching about is like you know what one person in particular was actually talking about and we're talking about Lohengrin who was who's an interesting character in this because this is this was him i think trying to I don't know, appease some of the critic fans he got from before, not fans, but critics that he got of the first book where they were talking about, you know, his bad betrayal of female characters, especially, you know, the, the, the LBGTY whatever, I can't remember all the Q. letters. Q. Um, <laughs> I, know, I know, I know, I know. I've seen it, I've seen even... <laughs> yeah. Try not to offend, but I usually say alphabet people, and I think that offends <laughs> some people, but it's not meant as a bad thing, it's just... There's a lot of letters in there. So anyways, I mean, I thought what he did was kind of a, a, an interesting way. And, and they do go on and talk about how creepy it is and stuff like that. Because, he, you know, he does some really kind of shitty things in a way where he's he's got this godlike power. And he goes and kills some people that, like, badmouth him on the Internet. And, mm -hmm. and he um, goes in and he's able to hack into and, and look through her, this person's, Lohgren's person's, her uh, video feeds and see and, and into her background and she fi he finds out that she was actually born as a man and then you know whatever became a uh, female later and then was living in a really bad part of the town by herself because her parents had died and this all came from he had he had put out a uh, like a reward to help him figure out this this quest right or, or you know and we haven't really talked about that yet but um, we're jumping right into the meat of it, really, is what we're doing. And, uh, and so he kind of he used his powers, you know, po poorly, poor decisions on, you know, violating some people's privacy and stuff like that. But what he was trying to do was make sure that this wasn't someone that probably shouldn't be getting that kind of money because be doing du dubious things. And so I understand where he came from that, but, you know, it's, you know, the ends don't always justify the means kind of thing. It's like... Yeah, your, your your thoughts were kind of pure, but you still shouldn't have done it. But anyways, I, I thought what I yeah what I didn't care yeah I don't I thought he painted a pretty ugly picture of the, of of Wade 
in the aftermath and and you know that's okay it's not everyone's uh, you know a a perfect person and it was almost humbling to to see someone who is this flawed and this becomes your hero and it almost like it was almost a question of like really is this the hero and I th I kind of expected the story to try to uh, unravel that and maybe uh, shed some light on it and 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 turn it around a little bit I was a little surprised at how we, how how it ended up in the end so I'll, I'll say that much yeah. and we can get to it but uh, um, but uh, yeah I, I agree I don't think they painted him very flattering at the beginning um, I don't that doesn't bother me so much you can't always have a perfect person to, to tell a story right. and um, well, so it, it can create interest in, in what's going to happen next uh, but you're 100% right on that and I think uh, let's 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 jump back a little bit so we can get some some context on this what happened was is is he uh, he's taken over as, as CEO and, and he gets another cryptic message kind of thing from the egg after yeah. after and it's like another little hunt and he has to go find and this is in the in the physical world which I thought was kind of cool like you know it actually wasn't in the oasis this right. time and, and he uh, it's a it's a code and it was eight uh, god I can't eight six seven five three oh nine that's right yeah well it's funny because the first time he said it like and I like I said I, I listen to these on audiobooks instead of read them but it's the first time he said it, I was like oh son of a bitch I know that number <laughs> and and, uh, and then he said it like two other times and he actually then goes and explains it and, and and there was another criticism from people about you know the 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 nostalgia part it's it's cool if you say it and just let people live it and go on but a lot of them he like he tells you what it is and then tells you exactly why it's nostalgic and stuff like that and there's a mix in this and i i have a feeling the way he wrote this book because there's sometimes where he there there gets a point in the book where he quits explaining all of it mm -hmm. and he just talks about them and those are really cool if you understand them but if you don't, if you understand them right yeah but then there's that flip side where it's like oh i kind of understand it, but i don't and then he talks about it and you're like oh okay i get it but there was a lot of people that criticized this, like, you know, like, I don't need you to force feed me these things. And I was like, well, that's kind of, you know, so, but he was so wishy-washy with some of them he did and some of them he didn't. I think he wrote this book at two different times, um, looking at it, you know, and, and I read some criticism and some reviews that talk about, too, like, the book had almost two parts. And I think it might have been written by two, two different times or someone got involved with part of it and then he merged it. But yeah. I, I liked when he kind of fed it in without spoon feeding it, kind of like well, like in the I think the eight six seven five three zero nine. I I remember, I remember hearing that and going, oh, I know what that is, and right. and then he, but rather than explaining it, he just he he's something Wade's perspective. He's like, oh, I got your number, or he says something like that. Well, he, we, he and, said, and that's I think that's all he said, wasn't it? He's just well, said, no, I got your. At first he re he read it, and then he did some other stuff, and then he said it again. And then he had to dial in, and he goes, and any you know uh, Gunther without you know his perspective knows that that's Jenny's number and stuff like that. That's so Jenny's. Oh, okay, okay. He gave yeah. it to you twice before he kind of explained it, but he did it in explaining it. Um, and then there were some other things like you know uh, that he did some really cool stuff. But anyways, he gets this this setup, this this headgear. This this next level uh, immersion kind of thing where it actually connects to your brain. Yep. And and then and then you're now feeling 
the the immersion into the oasis rather than just kind of interacting with it like you know they talk about in the in the first one where you know you're there and you're moving around and you're doing things but apparently you don't feel things as much where now it's like you're you're physically there your brain your all your nerves are are firing and your taste buds and all and you could smell things and and stuff like that and so it's a different level and i thought that was that was a cool i mean how do you make the the oasis better right and that's that was one of the ways and i thought that was kind of cool um you know but just like you know it brings up the the idea of the matrix and stuff like that as soon as he did it and i think they even said something about the matrix at one point but yeah it's like oh now you're letting the the, the machine plug into your brain and oh where's that gonna lead and i like the references they that he made to um two movies that i thought about when uh, when um they brought out this this headgear, and one of them was Brainstorm, which which he talks about Brainstorm, or he kind of briefly does it. What's the other one with uh, with Ray Fiennes? Um, oh, I'm looking it up here. Uh, that's yeah, Strange Days. Strange Days. Strange oh, Days. Yeah, Strange both Day. Brainstorm and Strange Days both are about the kind of those he- that that way of tapping into these uh you know senses or memories yeah. of people and and being able to relive them uh just through this hookup to your brain so i don't I like remember that. if he said it directly but matrix was the one i thought directly um and maybe if maybe yeah i think you mentioned matrix yeah because i i was like that was the one i was like man that's exactly what it is essentially the only difference is, is you're awake and able to plug out instead of where the matrix where you didn't even realize that it was something different and so yeah Anyways, he gets this, and this leads to the next uh, evolution of everything. Where this is supposed to be this really cool thing, where you can you can live other people's um, experiences, like they film themselves or not film themselves, but record themselves doing things, and right. then you can go live through their their body, which I thought was yeah, that's a really cool idea. And I love the first the first um, kind of. Uh, what's the right word not reference but the first like kind of story he gives to to how it was where he's surfing right and then he's like but it's like i try to turn but i can't so i'm like i'm along for the ride and i'm feeling all the the exhilaration and stuff like that and i realize okay i'm just i'm just in someone else's body and i think he's like oh i look down and and i'm a woman and it's like oh okay so you're just in this this female's body surfing it's cool and then he talks more about, you know, all the other stuff that you can do. And he's talking about how he went through all the different things. Like, I think it was race car driving, hang gliding, all these other different things. And then he's like, and I skipped all the ones that said sex, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. Um, but but then did, he, did he really skip them? Maybe he well, just no, he skipped them originally. And then he went back later. <laughs> well, and he also talked about the one that I thought was really interesting and and kind of emotional um and could trigger some people uh specifically if they had this happen was you know his mother had died of an overdose and so uh it was basically heroin and so right if you could go and and live through someone that's on heroin and stuff like that and he's like i i didn't do that for the longest time because i couldn't and then he said when i did you know i finally ha- i finally broke down and did and because i wanted to see what was such a high that was worth so much to my mom that she was worth risking that and i was like that that was probably one of the most most emotional parts of the the whole story to me and i could see it being that to other people too because i mean you know i've lost my mother not to drugs but you know same kind of thing um i don't have her around anymore and it's like 
to bring up, you know, losing your mother and, and to him that, you know, going back and trying drugs essentially is, you know, a way to make him think about her, which is kind of a weird way, but, you know, it's, it's that. Yeah, and, and he brought up addiction, this idea, oh, it's a way of experiencing heroin without the addictive side effects and stuff. I thought there was something a little hypocritical in that he also brought, you know, he, uh, it, was, uh, it was the other uh, Sam or Artemis that, that refused to, to do the headgear. She, she said, no, I'm not going to go there um, because uh, she was afraid of the addictive quality. I got the impression that addiction was a part well, of it. He was and worried about the, the being attached to her brain. You know? Right. And, and it was the, the, the... I thought that was, uh, it was good to have that perspective and I was curious how they were gonna, how they were gonna take where they were gonna take that, and that's another thing that I think was more interesting at the beginning, but really kind of well. And well, I mean, that turns out failed in the end. <laughs> yeah, the ending was kind of a letdown, I think, for a lot of people. A lot of people. Said it just seemed like this seemed like a book that had some really interesting ideas and really new things that they they went to explore in the end rather than really tackling the hard questions and or it was more like let's wrap it up in a bow and we're, we're good um exactly that's what i think they said they, they kind of phoned it in at the end and, mm -hmm. and you're right like so she she was very adamant against it that you know they had the four the four voted whether or not to release this to the public uh -huh. and she was like no this is bad we shouldn't have this tied to our head and in essence she was right right um the uh that was kind of what could could have potentially killed millions of people. Yeah, I already got the hiccups. <laughs> and so, um, and so, yeah, she was right in that. In 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 a way, it almost saved her. Saved her because we get later on in this. The whole the whole premise of this and the way we get into the 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 journeys or the quest is uh, Holiday wrote another uh, quest essentially, and it was a search for seven shards which really only turned out to be six shards that turned into a seventh shard, and then it was kind of weird. Their numbers weren't right. I think he ran short somehow. But it was based off of, <laughs> based off of, um, oh, God, um, Kira, Kira, oh, I'm almost said nightly, and I know that's wrong. Um, <laughs> Kira's enough. That's fine. Yeah, it's yeah, it's Og's, uh, uh, Og's wife I, and Halliday's long-lost love, you know. that. Right. Well, that was the, she was the, I mean, in the first one, the only thing she was was the, the catalyst of, to show the the strife between them. You know, he loved her, but Og got her, and which I, I always, I thought that was a shitty premise in the first one, too. It's like, you know, you could like your best friend's girlfriend, you know, even if you liked her before, they became girlfriends. But in in the long run, you kind of kind of let it go. So you know they they showed Holiday in a bad light there. This one sh continues to show Holiday in a in a horrible. You know they, it was almost like they 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 kind of reversed it completely. Like oh he uh -huh. he was this god to these people and he's really not that great of a guy. But it, so it was this quest and the cool thing that I and this comes out in the first part of the quest is uh, it was a quest essentially written by her as a module for a D&D &D game that they played as kids or teenagers um, because she had to move back to, to England at one point and it was, the, it was the way to describe to their gaming group why she was no longer part of the party which I thought was brilliant and that came straight from a gamer who's with a long time group that played together because 
that was well thought out. And that's the kind of shit like you want in a gaming group. You want some tight friends that can come together and do this kind of shit. And I, to me, I was like, that's him pulling from his probably gaming experience as a kid and anybody who was ever involved in any decent amount of, of role-playing games with, with a group of friends probably got a kick out of that because everybody wrote adventures whether you were good at it or not everybody wrote hey this is what i would do <laughs> bring a matter of fact i remember one of my one of my really good friends uh um bill reed we used to we used to play together him and his wife and, and my wife and some other friends and his son at the time was probably about six when we were hanging out maybe seven and he came up to us one day we're sitting at his kitchen table and he comes up he goes dad i got this great idea for a campaign right all right, you're, you're like this little kid. Let's hear it. And he brings up this picture, and it's just these little lines. Like he scribbled on just little lines on this paper. And they were all about the same size, and there's nine of them. And then there was one that was really tall. <laughs> He's like, well, what are they? what's this? He goes, oh, these are the orcs you got to fight. And we're like, well, what's that one? He goes, oh, that's just the really tall one. <laughs> but that one he had thought about this whole thing, and he was like this. this so... We, we laughed about it for years and years. And matter of fact, I mean, he's, he's, he's a full-on adult now. He's got to be, God, I want to say he's probably 28, 29 now. He's in the Coast Guard, joined the Coast Guard, and has gone off and, and you know, becoming an adult. And it, he came to our house, visited like five, six years ago. And I brought up that story, and we laughed about it because it was it, that was one of those things. Is like things like that, you know, it, it, it gets into your system and these little things. And so... I thought that was a cool premise to the story, yeah. right? The, the start of the story. Where he went from there, he had some hits or misses, I think. Yeah. I liked, I, I thought it was really interesting how he kind of created this evil holiday and, and how that that came about. Um, right. It, I thought it really added some urgency to the story, made things a lot, well, that made was the stakes a lot. The urgency. Yeah, made the stakes a lot bigger. It, it kind of separated it from from the original Ready Player One. It gave it kind of a, a different perspective. And well, I was gave it, it a quickness yeah. about it too. Like it had mm -hmm. to happen rapidly. It, you don't yeah. like you don't get days and weeks and months to find these hidden things. It's like you got to figure it out, which I thought they did pretty good. And most of the the adventure parts of it, I thought were interesting. There was two that I like. You know, you you got your drink based off of of, of Prince. And he uses that as a huge, huge portion of one of them. Um, and I liked the first part of it. And then they get into the battle, and I get, I'm like, I get bored. Yeah. It's, I couldn't like, make I, sense of that battle. But. Well, he just, he, that was him with like an encyclopedia of prints and just, okay, well, it's got to have this one, and they got to have this one, and this is this. You know, the, he brought in a ton of knowledge on him, but it, became kind of boring at that point like mm -hmm. i love the beginning like where he was going through the town and he had to do like the little things to oh this is to create the oh, ship gotta, and yeah yeah i gotta i gotta slice the tires on this motorcycle because that's the motorcycle that you know uh they used in purple rain and it, it comes in later and you know little things like that and i loved the uh getting the the uh, little um to get the red corvette and they had to get the raspberry beret He's like, yeah, no. He's like, I tried to go in the door. No, no, no. You got to come in. The, you got to go in out in in the outdoor, and he doesn't explain it. Which this is this is one of those ones where he quit explaining all the references. And I was like, oh yeah, because in the song, he says you go in through the outdoor, outdoor. You know, they they say right. it twice. 
because every time he read it, that's what I thought. My <laughs> um, and then he's like, "Yeah, you got to you know stand behind the counter and act like you're not doing anything, and you know the whole until the guy yells at you. You know, I don't like your kind." And I thought I loved that part. That to me was was ingenious. But then they got to the battle, and I just got bored. Um, but that was just one of them. I mean, there was there was six technical or technically there were six journeys. The first one was the one where he got low and low and growl or low yeah low and growl yeah low was got the billion dollars from him because yeah. because she well, figured it was, out so i thought that was a cool thing too is just how he he explained her like so the lowengrin lowengrin that's the name mm -hmm. was a and supposedly she was a fan of of him they they had their little group that they called the low five in reference to the high five which was the group and she was a huge fan of um percival and stuff like that and uh and Logan defender Grant. too, yeah. More than just a fan, a defender of his yeah. kind of, because he had well, he'd she, been. She explained that um, Lohengrin was a um, uh, a a knight, no, a page to Sir Lancelot, no Percival, who's the one who found the Grail. It, it tied in somehow back into yeah. the Holy Grail, which then was is funny is is I didn't mention I don't think I mentioned it in the in the podcast we did about the. Ready Player One. But do you remember during the movie, there's he has that that cube or that that um, sphere that creates the the shield, and he has to read a spell. Do you remember the spell that he was reading? It was like no, oh god, I used to know the words Noth Rockrock. He goes in, he reads the uh, the spell what? that he reads is the same from Excalibur the movie, when um, Morgana is reading and putting. Uh, Merlin to sleep and everything like that and it's I mean it's I was like as soon as I heard it's like oh my god I know what that is <laughs> it's like, so I love the fact that he sprinkles in these Excalibur trivia things into it without really explaining some of them and I was like and to the movie's credit that was probably the, the best part of the movie for me after it was all said and done but anyways yeah the so Lowe goes and really finds the first one and, and it this is the one where he kind of explains that they had to go back in to the middle town change the calendar room, yeah change the date essentially to get to a different date to get a calendar and then they find a folder that was her uh game um it was her uh what was it, it her folder that had dungeons and dragons yeah which i thought i mean the way he explained all that and i thought it was great and i love the fact that he brought in this the side characters that that ended up helping him and stuff like that. Matter of fact, we got the mixtape. Did you talk? You missed the mixture. Have you I not gotten I, it yet? I, have, I haven't talked. The mixtape. They they talk all about the Smith song. Uh, yeah. There's a light that never goes out, which is was was my yeah, favorite song at the time. So so I'm I I got real nostalgic hearing that. I think he touched <laughs> a lot more on music, movies, and. Um, Rather than video games in this one, I liked I've seen more. So, so they he, Quest Two. I really liked how they explained the uh, the um, how they deciphered the shard riddle the, uh, with that one. It was that it was that ninja princess that was redone oh, as as Sega Ninja, yeah. and they talked about uh, it had something to do with how the the, the, the US. yeah what's that rebranding for the US. Yeah, well they where they didn't they couldn't risk having a female as the leader right. in a video game and so they changed it to a male and how how it said something like the 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 the, the woman becomes a becomes the a man or 
yeah, the heroine becomes a or the the hero is downgraded to a heroine, or the the heroine is yeah. downgraded to a hero, or something like that. Um, yeah, and and I, I liked. I didn't know that game, and I really enjoyed hearing that story. So I, I did too. That was one I actually enjoyed, and this is one where where uh, Shoto, you know, he's the one that really saves the day because he knows all the information. Um, and he basically yeah, talks through his ear and talks him through the game. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the whole thing, and and through this. Like Wade really isn't the main. Um, he couldn't do this one alone, and and they show that. And and so even though we don't get the perspective of the other characters, we do get a lot from them in this that he yeah. wasn't going to be able to do it alone. Yeah, the only one he was able to really do on his own was uh, the fifth quest, right? The the uh, or no, the fourth one, the math problems. Just because when he was well, a that kid, was that, he... oh my god! So okay, so we talked. Oh god, I can't think. Of, uh, I didn't write any notes on this because I would listen to you on podcast when I was at work. I skipped over Quest Three, right? Yeah, we can't we can't skip over Quest Three? No, no. I was gonna, <laughs> okay. Let's go back. We'll go back to three. Um, well, 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 let's finish up two. Okay. Um, so the, the, this starts off, and um, the cool part of this is, is they were talking about the the um, error has to pay. To pay, I can't remember exactly how they were it, but he has to pay uh, a penance for for each shard. And what it was is he ended up having to live a memory of Kira. And I thought that was done so coolly, and and um, I love the way they did that because it kind of it gave her some personality and it gave her some backstory and stuff like that. And uh, you know, when we find out how it all was captured and stuff like that, it's kind of you know you you groan a little bit and you're like, oh, okay. But I mean, I'll I'll talk about that at the end. <laughs> Just we'll, let's, let's get through the story. But yeah, so we get through the the, the first and the second quest, and he gets in, um, and you know, he, Shoto is the one that helps him get through it. And, and I thought it was a great story. the 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 gameplay part of it kind of bored me a little bit, but I did like the whole idea, and I loved how he, he did explain why it was what it was and stuff like that. And this is this was uh, Ernest Klein's um, trying to address his criticisms from a lot of the woke crowd. And I said that with quotation mark fingers, um, that really <laughs> gave it. him a lot, <laughs> which gave him a lot of crap because it's like, Oh, well you didn't talk. You, you didn't tell the story from our perspective. And he's like, well, fuck no, he didn't. He's telling his story. If you want a story from your perspective, write your own fucking story. And that's, so I get so angry with these criticisms of the story. It's like, if you don't like what he wrote, that's fine. This is kind of an interesting, interesting story because it's it's so built on the internet and so you know what's out there on the right. internet and and so so it's just you're when you write a story like this you're just gonna you're asking for to be trolled and well, and so I, I'm I'm too. hoping that he doesn't he, he doesn't write the story as an answer to his trolls you know to you well, know he he, he tried to. He didn't. He, he didn't cave into him. Yeah. Say that he didn't cave into him, but he tried to give him a little piece. You know, like, hey, look, I understand. I, I'm trying. You know, I'm doing the best I can to try and tell a story that's not damaging to your plight or your your side of the story. Mm -hmm. This is this is the story from this person, and this is my perspective. I am a you know whatever this i don't understand what a cis white female or male is i don't know what the cis is you know they always say that but yeah he he's he's a white male that grew up 
in the fucking 80s and 90s and this is what he was into so yes that's what he's going to tell a story because that's what he knows he can't tell the story of a transgender person from the 80s because he wasn't a transgender in the 80s he wasn't a transgender now so for them to say well you didn't tell our story well no he didn't because he doesn't you know he doesn't know your story he's not going to try and fake it you know he tries to put in hey let's there's no hate these are all people and he tried to put that in there like hey you know he talks about there with this oni net right with this new thing that you could experience things from other people's perspective and and it helped remove some of the the hatred for you know the things that people like you know whether it's other sexes or other races and stuff like that and i i liked what he was trying to say people have issues with it and I was you know but people are always going to have issues there's you can never please every anybody or everybody you can please anybody everybody with this stuff so he tried to sprinkle in some the hey look i see what you're saying but this is still my story so i, I like that but he's it is and some, yeah sometimes i think critics when they're when they're going after someone like this it's really they're just they're just frustrated that that it's always you know the 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 wasp the white anglo-saxon protestant that's able to achieve this sort of success because you know the compared to to being trans, transgenders or having having some you, you just don't have the 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 road ahead of you paved in gold it's not easy to launch a book and and get it on the bestseller list it's not quite you don't have as many doors opening so i would think he he could see the criticism not so much directed at him but a valid a, a valid uh Cry that's for, the problem. For, criticisms for, are directed at him. I, I know, and 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 that's just sometimes the nature of people's frustration with being stuck in a in a in a category, which I'm doing in quotes, like um, that doesn't give them the same opportunities. And and you want to let it out toward you know attack the 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 person that does have the privilege. Um, well, yes, but I watched I watched a YouTube video um, made by a chant. I don't know. It, a transgender female, I guess, was male, became trans female. So I guess it's transgender female. I'm not really good with those. Not not trying to be, you know, disrespectful to. It. I, I don't understand it all. But um, and she was doing a review on this book, and and she talked about how much there was some some things that she did love, and and she even went on to say that look, I'm not going to attack the writer for this because of this. But these are the some of the things that, like, hey, if you're going to have a transgender person in there and a part of the story, talk to someone about it and get them to help you write it. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. Like, mm -hmm. one of those things is she had criticisms, but she did it in the right way. Um, she didn't attack him directly. She said, hey, this could have been better, and this is how it could have been. And I was like, that's that's how we need to see these things. Like, that's that's the way people should be looking at things. Is like. Don't attack something just because it's not in your wheelhouse, right? Go, hey, I see what you're trying to do. Here's how we can make it better. And that's yeah. what I, and so when I read a lot of these and, and, and I, you know, I get fired up on these because it's like, you know, whether I agree with them or not, it's, it's kind of like I, I hate to see the attacks just for attack's sake. It's kind of, you know, and he talks about that. He, that's one of the things he talked about in this, in this, and this is where he looked really creepy not he the writer but he weighed the character where you know people were you know saying bad shit about him on on whatever they're not it's not the web but out there he would go and kill their avatars right right he had these godlike and then 
and then he had there was they made a song like a group made a song about him that was very you know derogatory about him and you know he he sued him and did all this stuff which I actually it's funny I didn't think about it when I was reading it or listening to it but someone wrote about that like how fucking up is that like uh, they make a bad song about you and then you go and sue them and you know bankrupt them all this and I'm like well that's defamation of character that's actually what that's about if you're mm-hmm. gonna if you're gonna go out and and do all this stuff directly at someone to to, to create some negative you better be ready to take whatever comes back at you I mean that's just part of it you, know, you can't attack someone and then not expect someone to attack back that's just well, and that and that coming from critics who get get upset when characters are portrayed that don't represent uh, real people, maybe that's their way of of saying, "Hey, uh, this is defamation of character. You're creating you're creating a character, and you're getting it wrong." And and maybe you know maybe when Klein wrote this, he didn't realize it was going to be such an international success and get such okay. a platform and have a microscope. But, but it was uh, a little bit wrong. It might not be the, the exact right, but it was never demeaning well you know i this made me think of you know when i was a kid you'd watch those uh uh public service announcements uh psas you get those commercials don't do drugs or something like that (laughs) and it was i was always very critical of them because it was so easy to have the opposite effect like if if you oh. had if you had the fawn say come out and say don't do drugs or something like that and you know if anyone didn't really if thought thought he was a, a fool then it's going to it's going to backfire and that how it could, becomes really delicate these sort of campaigns to encourage the masses to you know not do some sort of behavior and and there's right. even been studies about the the one during the what was it the 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 Reagan era the just say no. I think that was uh, oh, that was Nancy, the whole when Nancy started and all that. That was Nancy. Nancy Reagan. Yeah, did the just just say no to, to drugs or and and there's been studies about how that really had an adverse effect. It did not do what what they wanted, even though the messaging was they they said what they wanted, but it had a negative reaction and or, you know a negative effect. And and my I, I guess what I'm saying is is that when when you portray someone in a in a, in a category again I'm doing that in quotes or you you, you call out that they they represent this this is a character that represents transgender or this is a character that represents um, Asian American or you know something like that um, you are kind of putting yourself in a in a in a in a situation where you better you better do your homework if you're going to actually uh, uh, so so I'm just but, but I, don't I'm, I'm a, I don't think he put anything negative like I don't think there was anything in there as like oh yeah those people are bad no. like not not at all like I mean I think he almost he was lifting up everybody I mean he you know you know people well, I, are like, oh, I, I wonder if he on it, but it's like I wonder if he did, I wonder if he wrote Wade in this at the beginning of the second second book on purpose if he kind of really made him kind of an asshole um, <laughs> on, just just to kind of you know ground his himself and say yeah this some of this stuff I'm gonna 
I gotta, never really I gotta, addressed that, and that's one of the things I do. I, I agree. I, I, they, they, he did some asshole things, and he never really owned up to it, or never. He didn't, and he almost he almost got off the hook because wasn't didn't oh, Sam did. in the Sam in the end kind of said, "Oh, you were right all along." Like what? <laughs> Come on, yeah. that, that was a little cop. I thought that was a I cop agree, out. I agree with people in this one where they they were saying like Sam Sam was right to dump him, and then should have never went back with him. Where people in the first book were saying that. They didn't think that she should have ever fell in love with him, and I disagree with that one fully. I think that their relationship and their love, it, their their love that grew in the first one, I thought was legit. And he never treated her like she was a prize for winning this thing. He was infatuated with her it's, from the get go. Yeah, it was well, the fact that she was always better than him. Well, and, and, and in the now in the book, in the book, Ready Player One book. They didn't meet until the very end. I know in the movie they met halfway through right. the movie, but in the book, they, it's just their avatars are interacting. They know each other that way, but they don't actually physically well, meet until the end. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. There was a lot of people that criticized him that how bad he portrayed the women and how he made her such a second-class person. And I was like, actually, she outshined him from fucking start to finish in that entire book. Like, I mean, he even says in the beginning, he's like, no, she's much better than I am. I'm, you know, I'm lucky to even be in her class. And he had an infatuation with her and, and you know, they always oh, stalked her and, you know, and like that kind of went both ways. But whatever. I mean, the, the, I just I really didn't like the fact that people jumped on him that the second one. I can see where they they could say that, yeah, she probably should have never got back with him just because they were on different levels on a lot of stuff. And. You know, one one it, thing he did do though that you were kind of pointing out, pointing out is through all the quests except for maybe that that one and maybe the very end, um, he he needed help. There was no way he could have done this stuff on right. his own. Um, right. So and, okay. Well, we got we got about the third quest, right? Well, was, third, uh, no, we haven't talked about the third quest because that's when uh, that's when he goes to John Hughes' world. <laughs> so that was okay. So that was by far my favorite. Oh. I bet. Well, I mean. That's that's our God, I that's, loved, I loved, that's our childhood. That's our eighties. Oh that's, that's, so the third and fourth one actually were my fave, favorites out of all of them. I think it was okay. the fourth one. Um, but I love the John Hughes. I saw uh, yeah. every. I got almost every single reference from the from start to finish. Uh, all the people, all the you know the different names. I wasn't. I'm not as uh, up on my uh, Pretty in Pink as I am on some of my other like. 16 Candles and, you know... Robert. I knew all about the alternate ending, but I had no idea that Robert Downey Jr. was uh, was was uh, originally cast. I could cast. see that, though. I totally yeah. could see that, because that, that was the time frame and stuff like that. When I love that they brought in the, the um, Back to School, uh, <laughs> Robert Downey Jr., I'm like, oh, God, I love that. I, I wish they would have done something with the Triple Indy. That was the only thing that was missing with the <laughs> Triple Indy. Um, so, yeah, no, I was, I was loving all that. That was actually one of my favorite parts. Um, especially in the second time I listened through, I was like, that was cool. Um, and, and he had to rely on Artemis. Now, the other cool part about this one that I really liked that he brought in was he brought in, what did he call them? Um, the record drops or the needle drops. Yeah. <laughs> and I, oh, my God. Well, and that actually revealed that revealed that that uh, uh, that Z still had feelings for, for Artemis, too. And, oh, right. When they're driving and suddenly the needle drops and uh, yeah. and she looks and he's like, oh, okay. another character too long. Yeah, <laughs> no, that was great. And uh, well, I just thought it was a cool thing because it was a very it it made sense in a movie reference because there's always these 
music drops in these movies that have prominent you know issues or prominent meaning you know the songs are playing for certain reasons and that's what was happening and i love the fact that it was you know the whole john hughes world and had all the stuff you know you had 16 candles um, i thought it was really clever how they worked john hughes into it how they worked john hughes oh, into right. it because he played brian's dad in breakfast club and 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 that was when robert downey jr was like what am i supposed to do i don't have any lines and like ah right. i gotta go yeah that that was really well thought out that was I, very clever yeah. I, I love that whole part and just they had the long duck dong Answering the <laughs> right. door, I was like, right. "Oh, answer the door!" I was like, "Oh man, I remember that scene a hundred percent." So I, yeah, I loved all of that. That was great. Probably my favorite part of the book, I think, um, in all. Now the next quest, uh, I think, just touched the heartstrings with me. That made me like it so much. And this is where he went back to um, the world where the uh, Kira and Og had created kind of a um, an interactive world for kids. Oh right, okay. Kids games and stuff. I can't think of the name. Treehouse, right? Is that? Well, you, you you could do so many things, and, and and it was, and you could get your own treehouse. Well, it was close enough that kids could get to it for free, so you didn't have to have money, and and it was basically set up for like you know, twelve and under kind of you know to do all these, uh, interactive educational games and stuff like that. You know, you you get uh, when they're going through. They had the Great Space Coaster and um, some things like that. And I can't remember, there were some other ones. Dora the Explorer, that, you know, he's like, oh, my backpack. I I got it going before it started singing. And then, but the one that like, I swear, I almost started crying uh, at work when I listened to it was he's talking about his mom had her own backpack. And I was like, oh, fuck, that's harsh. <laughs> you know, cause he's like, oh, you know, you, you, it's like, I understand that a hundred percent. Cause you know, I, I did stuff with my mom and now she's not there and it's like when I go back and if I ever see anything or go through anything that's like that that I did with my mom and it's like all of a sudden she's not there and it's like oh god the memories so I totally understand that but I, I, I liked how it was it was kid friendly and, and you know it brought back memories to him and they, they kind of went through all and it, and it had a lot of the stuff like um, it was the Great Space Coaster I'm trying to think of some of the other ones they had in there this is one that I was like oh I should have wrote some of these down um but it was just a fun romp back through thinking about growing up and like watching Sesame Street, the Electric Company, you know, 321 Contact, all those things that were on the PBS essentially that were, were designed for kids to learn. And it was like, it was all that wrapped up into kind of one. And it, re it really kind of was like, oh, that's, that's fun. <laughs> and so I, I enjoyed that a lot. Um, then I think after that is then when we go to the Prince Down. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And it started off really cool, and this is this was H's big time to shine, and they they made a big deal of how H said that her father was really into Prince and left him all the records and stuff like that. So she got all into it, and they had some great great knowledge in this one. I mean, like he did some serious research on this and got some great details. Matt probably has more details than any other one, even probably. I think this and the John Hughes probably had the deepest dive onto the history and, and really like fingers out into everything that was part of it. Um, and it was really good until they get to this final battle where they have to fight seven different princes. And then it just kind of loses its, its, its wind right up into that. It's fucking phenomenal. And I, I'm really enjoying it. And then, like I said, when he starts battling, other than the fact that he brings in like, you know, Morris Day and the Time, which was kind of a cool, and they talked a little, little bit about that, it gets really boring and it drags out. It really drags out. Yeah. So I was like, ah, 
and, and it's and it's like it's sad because I mean he puts so much into it and there's a lot there and, and Prince is a huge icon so I could see a lot of people doing it and like I said and you know he he even brings up you know it, it's another time where I think he's trying to he's trying to appease this critics from before where he didn't talk about and uh, they brought up the fact that you know Prince was you know Prince was Prince he was very feminine and stuff like that and you know kind of a icon for you know maybe maybe queer or transgender or whatever and then later on he became um not was it jehovah not jehovah witness what it, oh he, he got into a certain religion i can't remember what it was they say it in there and then all of a sudden he came out against uh you know gays and stuff like that right and they brought, and they brought that up and i was like oh damn that's you know i didn't know all that and i was like oh that's kind of crazy you know and they brought it up as a story part too because you know h is is the queer female and you know she she idolized him and then to have him come out and kind of denounce her you know like that it was like oh man that might be rough and and he talked about that and i thought that's did he get it right i don't know i'm not one of those i'm not i can't speak to it from that perspective so i don't know but at least he's trying to do it in a right way you know and so i'm sure he's going to get criticisms for it but you know it is what it is yeah, I, I I think he, you could you could tell he was trying in this one. He was he was addressing things, and that's why I'm I'm curious if if he was doing if he was writing this one, in order to react to his critics, or if it, if you know if, if the whole thing is written from that point of view, it's it, it's it's too bad. But uh, but you know you know I thought he had some good ideas. To me, to me, my big criticism was just it didn't it didn't amount to to what i had hoped in the end it didn't it didn't address a lot of the interesting ideas they seemed to kind of fall flat in the end yeah well we have we have one we had one more the sixth uh one was after that and that was right that was silmarillion the token yeah token and that's that's what me got got me thinking about lord of the rings it got me (laughs) up I watched that again. I was like, "Oh God, I haven't seen that forever." This was one. This was the whole quest. I was really surprised how kind of they, you know, it, both in the in the Prince world and in this one, it was all about. Oh, it's never been done before. It's never been done before. And I didn't find it really that the Silmarillion one very that very challenging. It didn't seem like. I think it was because it was such a. Uh, well, I mean, you look at it; they're, they're high level. I mean, well, you, we lose Shoto; he dies in in the um, Prince world, right? Does he? Okay. Yeah, he gets taken out, and then. Oh yeah, his his. Um, he doesn't physically die as Avatar, right? Right. Yeah, and then and then in the next one, uh, we lose Sh- um, H. H. Right. You know, so they're these high level. I the one thing I did, I really liked about the sixth one, and they're talking about is they bring up Vin Diesel. And that uh, the character that is based uh, the main one of the main bad guys is based off of one of Vin Diesel's uh, role playing characters which I thought was really cool, and, and I started looking into a little bit about that. <laughs> so Vin Diesel is a huge nerd, huge, like, just <laughs> gaming geek, and they're 100% legit that, like, he, that was a character from one of his his role-playing campaigns, just this, like, huge, you know, uh, uh, it's like it turns into a wolf kind of thing, and I, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool, you know. Just to show that, like, hey, you know, there's some guys out there that just are big nerds and stuff like that. So I thought that was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, it just it got me interested, and it's something I never read the the. 
uh, what is it? Silmarillion. Silmarillion. Yeah. yeah. There was a band in the '80s that I was in love with called Marillion. They got their name <laughs> from from this story. So. That's funny. There was bands in the '80s that I was really in love with. There was. <laughs> Did I tell you that? Yes, I, there was some, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we were very much into the music. Um, I, this is this is one of those things as I, I I think it was a great you know a a good quest. It definitely hits on the um, you know the role playing side of it. And that for for all the fans from that, and I I liked what they and it did. And it brought it brought uh, Sam back together with uh, you know with Artemis had to, yeah. she had to come in and save him, save uh-huh. him essentially. Because otherwise he, he he was down to like his last hit points for like the second time and stuff like that, and yeah, and I th- I thought it was really cool how they got out of there and and I just liked some of the the artifacts that they brought up because they're straight from the movies. And I'm like, oh, I know that one, you know. And, and whenever I hear one of those, I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. So I thought that was neat. Um, but it was really good, and that brings up to the last one, which is where they get the seventh shard. But it's really, I guess it's a seventh shard, but then they use the seven of them to put together, and and it brings back Kira. They have to know where to go, and yeah, put, yeah. it was kind yeah. of a, it, it was just more like you have to know where to go. Not really yeah. there's anything crazy, but then the whole so the whole premise of this comes down to is that um, the there was a incarnation of uh, Anorak who was Holiday's Holiday's uh, Oasis character who was t- technically an AI or an NPC character who then came back and, and the way this was, was the, the riddle was is that if you get the seven shards, you release the siren's soul, which was Kira's soul, which would have brought her back as an AI. And the thought was is that even though, so it was Halliday who was still, it was him but not him, it was his AI self, and he was still in love with her and he thought that if he brought her back then he can make her fall in love with him, right? Thing. And so that—that's the gist of the, the the battle, and and that was why the whole thing was so quick. Is that they, uh, the Anorak in the the machine, right? Uh, found a way to release. Um, I can't think of the guy's name. The bad guy from the first one. You got it here. Um, Sorrento. Sorrento found a way to get him out of prison, and he physically kidnaps Og. And so right. they're trying to—they're trying to basically get Kira's body back or soul back to become, so he could have her. And so that was the whole battle. And then it comes down to you know, they—they uh, they find a way to get her soul back. And then he's like, okay, well I have Og's personal, you know, real life body. If you give me her, we'll give you him, kind of thing. And you know, the whole thing comes out. And this is where it gets kind of weird and. It, it, it kind of wraps up really quickly with a, a weird, you know, kind of. I don't think they put enough time into it. Uh, there was. I, I, I thought. I thought it was clever how uh, how uh, Wade switched the shards and. Oh, that was and good. Artemis didn't see it, you know, and you know, and then suddenly he doesn't have the cloak of whatever that cloak that gets him anywhere, you know, that he was Never, able to. Uh, Cloak of Anorak. Okay, yeah, and and I thought that was that was clever, and and he was able to go into the to the button room <laughs> and yeah. uh, hide out there, um, and then and it was interesting how Og, you know, I thought the battle was interesting, and and it's like in his last breath, doesn't he? 
doesn't he? Well, he's dying in real life. He puts on one of the, the headsets, which he wouldn't have do before, and he was able to kill Anorak because he before everything switched, he made the one sword, the, the Geek Slayer. Yeah, uh, that, and that was hilarious. It wasn't called the Geek Slayer. Was that what it was called, Geek Slayer? The... Dork, Dork, Dork Slayer. Slayer, Dork Slayer. Yeah, I thought that was hilarious. That name. Yeah. Um, yeah well, no, it makes sense, a hundred percent. And and yeah, so he made that. And that's what Lo had to go get, right? Didn't she have to right. go get the Dork Slayer? Well, and that's and that's I, where. I'm waiting for someone, you know, like I I really want one of these these critics that you know give him a bad time. Okay, go write that story. Well, he even asked. He even called on people to write that yeah, story. That's what I'm well, that's what I mean. There's all these critics out there talking bad about him. I'm like, okay, here's your chance. He says, go write it. Go fucking yeah. write it and make it better. And if you can come back with better, we'll give you props. Otherwise, shut your fucking mouth. Read the story and if you like it. I don't think, I don't think the critics are going to be writing stories. I think it's going to be the, but that's the fans. What I mean. yeah. You're going to yeah. be a critic of someone and talk shit about it. Yeah. Put your put your work up and let, let people criticize you. And so that, the, but I yeah. digress. And I thought it was interesting with the, with the headset. You don't feel, I mean, if you're dying... And you put on a headset, you're in the in the in the well, it world. It allows you to still do stuff, and you don't feel your pain anymore. You're you're tapped into the the. So that's why he was able to have full power, without you know until his dying breath, and he he dies right right at the end. But you don't physically have to do anything that you can just think it to move, and that's and that was that was one of the cool things in when they first brought up this headset was it was originally designed for like people that have uh, physical handicaps so that they could like if someone's a paraplegic they can get up and put this on and still go out and walk someone mm-hmm. who's is blind they can put this on and see someone who's who you know sense of hearing is gone they can put this on and hear you know it, it it does all that and so that was that was kind of one of the original ideas behind it and i thought that was that was really clever and i was like that's cool so yeah if you're dying you can get back on and and you just have to be able to think to do stuff so that that was the case and I thought it was really cool um, the interesting thing too is it, it makes a backup copy right and this is where we get the whole wrap up and the, the right until where it talks how about. Og was able to kind of his AI was able to live on with the new yeah. Kira yeah well, that, and that's what they talk about you know so in the first movie they talk about like what are you going to do with your mummy and you know Artemis is like oh I'm going to try and feed all the people and make this world better and, <laughs> or uh uh First of all, you know, Wade was like, oh, I'm going to make a rocket ship and get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and essentially, that's what they both try and do is, is but he has H and, and Shoto helping him make this rocket ship. And that, and they designed a separate uh, server that is kind of like the Oasis on this rocket ship, which was separate. And that's what our, uh, the Anorak was thinking, oh, I'm going to take this over and, you know, I'm going to get... Uh, Kira's soul in there, and then and then I'm going to have her, and we're going to be gone. So that was the the just that, and that and that was clever, and I thought that was good. One of the things I thought was very interesting is he brought up the fact that, you know, all the different things that they were trying to do to make the world better. They're throwing all this money at all these things and stuff like that, and it wasn't helping. It wasn't changing anything. Just like real life yeah, is, I know. You know, we throw money at all this stuff, and it doesn't fucking change. Because there's so much corruption and it siphons off to so many other places that, you know, if you look at, I, I know I see this every year and, and it's one of those ones I think about is like uh, when you give to like March of Dimes, if you actually look at, if you give them $100, maybe $5 of what you gave them goes to what you think it's going to. The rest of that goes to fucking paying salaries and all this other shit. And you're like, what, you know, 
you'd be better off to take your your hundred dollars, make five dollar bills, and hand those out to fucking a hundred, you know, what twenty homeless people. You would do better than by giving it to to March of Dimes kind of thing. And then they were kind of bringing that up, and you know, saying like, we've thrown all this money, we've thrown all this money at all these different things and all these different, you know, um, groups and actions and stuff like that, and it's still not doing anything. It's still not saving the world. It's still not making a huge difference and stuff like that. And that's why the whole shoot the rocket off into space with this thing, which I thought was a cool idea. And I thought I liked, I liked how it ended. I mean, when, when we really get down to it, it's, it's the story of that Wade, which is the AI Wade yeah. telling the story from, from the rocket ship that they, they sent off. I, that was a clever twist that it was his point of view because he was able to say things to make you allude that, that he's not, you know, that something happened and, and yet yeah. you realize, oh, he's just, he's just, He's the AI Wade, so this yeah. this thing didn't quite. So I, I thought it was. Yeah, he said something like, "This is the last time I was on, you know, last yeah. time I I ever saw or I ever." And it, it was cool was in that on way, world. but it was also kind of like I said, yeah, I, I'm with you. Like I, as much as I I thought that I I, I like the fact that Artemis and, and Percival are a couple, and I think that's it can work, and I think he's a better person when she's with them, you know, kind of thing that, you know, yeah, he's stupid, but that's usually what women are supposed to do is, is corral the stupidness of men, at least in my case, you know, that's what my wife does is keeps my stupid in, in, in check. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I, I like the fact that they ended up together, but I could also see where she didn't end up with them. So I'm not so. Yeah. I, I mean, I thought, I thought they brought up, there was, it, it Compared to the challenges, the, the the interesting ideas at the beginning they brought up, and and the challenges they created with with this AI, I mean even with with uh, Halliday's corrupted AI, I thought the way they wrapped that up, oh he was just corrupted, but all the other AIs are fine, you know. Right. And, and to me, wait a second, no, I mean that was an interesting idea. How how uh, let's explore it more, or at least leave it a little bit more ambiguous in the end, so that so that people can kind of come up with with more stories to explore um, because it's not I don't think it's an open and shut idea about oh it's AIs are fine you know and that that's kind of what I wish what they, they ended up in the end I wish what? they wouldn't have said that because you're right it's like oh just blame it on a corrupt no no let's not blame it on a corrupt when when Halliday last collected his mind he still wanted Kira so what happens is 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 you make and, and this is where I think they they also made a a, a flaw is this electronic copy, they called it a soul, but it's mm -hmm. not. You know, it, it, it loses its attachment at some point, and, and I think that's where they, they made it too, too, too much like, oh, this is, you could, if you can find a way to download this into a human body, you got to, no, it's, it's different. You're yeah, right. they didn't really address consciousness or, the, yeah, the, right. it's... And that's why I think the holiday... It's Halliday, a deeper conversation, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Halliday's character could be that because he doesn't have those connections. He doesn't feel that real-life connection. There's no way to unplug. And so, yeah, it may not have been a corrupted copy. It might have just been, hey, when you have some deep-seated things, and, and just because he was the guy that created every all this stuff that everybody loves and all that doesn't mean he's not deep down, has some bad things to it. I think that's more interesting because I mean, you know, every every human being has skeletons in their closet, things that are contradictory to who they are, and you try to put that into a program, and suddenly there's going to be kind of built-in corruption that is logical to 
you know, that, that, that sort of corruption that humans have to deal with. They have to kind of come to terms with things they've done in the past or things that, that contradict who they want to be. And, but you put that into a program, how does that compute? That computes as right. maybe corruption. And, and that's, that's kind of an interesting idea to explore rather than just writing it off of, oh, he tried to, yeah. 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 No, and that's where I think it, it failed. Now, now to say it's not a, I, I enjoyed it a lot. I mean, I listened to it twice um, within you know a week, and I enjoyed both things through. And other than the Prince second half of the Prince part, that's the only part I was like, Ugh, okay, I really enjoy this now. And would I like to hear another one? I probably would. If he came out with a Ready Player Three, and it was the the next stage, I'd probably listen. Until he finally gets to the point where I'm like, okay, you've you've jumped the shark. This is no longer good. I would really love to hear the um, the low five uh, story for collecting the um, dork slayer, mm-hmm. right? So that's the low and grin and 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 her group's uh, uh, story. And it doesn't sound like he plans on writing that. So maybe they, I mean there. I don't know if there's already some uh, fan fiction out there. There might be. But I would love to, to see someone take that that reign and, and go and do it. And I would love to hear some more of the what what this so so he's not the greatest writer, right? He's not gonna go down as some literary genius that like, oh my god, amazing, you know, like stories. But what he does really well is he does uh, nostalgia porn. He hits us stuff. Especially yeah. if you're from that era and you can you can right. tap into the the nostalgia. You, you, it, it, because I don't think I mean I I didn't ke- connect with the princess nostalgia. I wasn't a big fan. Um, but I've got a friend who's a big fan. I should probably ask her about you know reading it and if it if it taps in. Whereas I really enjoyed the John Hughes stuff. That was great. Um, right. So yeah. See, and for me, like the John Hughes was amazing. Um, I loved the kid stuff because I. I I do remember a lot of that from my own kids. My kids, you know, uh, watch like the Dora stuff, the backpack I got a giggle out of. And then just the Reading Rainbow um, reference. And then they had the uh, the Great Space Coaster. I remember all those. And I like that because that brought back memories for me. And that was uh, one of the criticisms I read was as people were talking about, hey, this nostalgia, it, it only goes so far. You, you, you know, and if you have to explain it, it's not great. And I go, you know, it's not that. It's, it's one of those like it doesn't have to bring up these oh my god i'm living in that time frame and it just has to trigger a memory yeah right and that, it, it's it's all that stuff it's like you know it's like commercials today like you watch a commercial especially coke <laughs> yeah. coke commercials are very good at that where they'll flash something that is nostalgia and it doesn't bring you back to like oh my god i'm living in that time again but it just brings back a memory of a happy time and that's all it's there to do this doesn't have to like be this big huge event where like oh now i'm reliving every moment of the happiness no it just has to remind you of some of the times you enjoyed something i you know i look at this story i think it was well structured you know he had some good this whole idea of this the, the the seven quests uh the uh the evil um the evil um holiday um was an interesting twist I thought it brought up some interesting questions about artificial intelligence. I don't think, I think it tried to kind of 
toss out a sim simplistic answer in the end, and that's where I was getting frustrated with, with how he, it seemed like he phoned it in at the end. I agree with that. But, but I like those questions. I like books that explore that sort of stuff. What's, you know what, what this kind of reminded me of that I really, I, I'll recommend this for anyone who's kind of into these sort of um, cool AI questions, but there's a couple episodes of Black Mirror, which you can find on, on Netflix. Um, the first season and the second season have, uh, let's see, in the, I even wrote it down here, the entire history of you from season one and White Christmas was a was like a special between seasons two and three, but it deals with this idea of AI and be able to making be able to make a copy of the human experience and record things and what that how and it really brings up some interesting questions and tells some really good stories about how that can be exploited, how that can how that can really change our world. And um, I think I, I I wish I saw a little bit more of that style in here yeah. come about in the evolution of the story well here's here's what i think i think klein is i think he was in a group of gamers and people that were into that that gaming and nostalgia and movies and stuff as a as a however old he was i think he's the same age as us in the 80s i think he was their game master <laughs> this this comes off as exactly like he wrote a game for right. his friend to play well, like he talked about, Kira. This is this whole quest was yeah. tied to Kira's story. Well, I think and these her... two books were his yeah. writing for his friends. Essentially, like this would be a cool thing to do, and and it has enough of the 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 thoughtfulness and the creativity of someone who thinks of stuff, but not enough to like. He's not a master writer, and he's not a master, you know, um, story writer. But it has enough of it to it's like. He could, if he brought a couple people in, he could round this out really well. But that's what it, it mm -hmm. seems like to me. Like, I, I got really lucky when I was uh, stationed in Middletown with, with my friend I talked about earlier, Bill Reed. And we had a game going, and we had a guy that could create the greatest games, and he put tons of detail into it, stuff like that. And that's what this seems like to me is something that, you know, it's just off the cuff of him and, and what he can come up with and stuff like that. But you still have to have people that, that feed into it. But it, yeah, it was, it was, I think it was good. I would recommend it to anybody that enjoyed the first book or likes, likes the nostalgia stuff from the eighties and nineties. This probably isn't going to go over as well with, you know, people under 25, mm -hmm. under 30. It's just not in their, their wheelhouse. We both, we both listened to the audiobook, So we got Will Wheaton to read it <laughs> uh, to us, um, which is always fun. He's, it's, it's, it's nice hearing his voice. Um, you know, knowing that he's very passionate about a lot of the stuff that he's reading to us. That's, it was that's nice, nice because we got the first and second one to the same voices. Uh -huh. You know what yeah. I mean? That, that was cool. Well, I know. That's right. We talked about that when we were talking about uh, uh, Butcher, Jim Butcher. And I guess there was a, one of the audio books. Oh, God, was, yes. They changed the old days. <laughs> old days, they the author, and it was like, this is horrible. I can't even read this. I No. <laughs> Yeah, no, they actually, yeah. It's very important to start a story and keep your keep your reader. Cool. <laughs> I think we've we've probably hit all of this one pretty good. Yeah. Um like I'm going to I would recommend it to anybody that enjoyed the first one. If you didn't enjoy the first one, you're probably not going to enjoy the second one. Um I don't know if it's I I wouldn't If you didn't it, yeah, if you haven't if you haven't read it or then it's not not worth it at all. You really have to yeah. 
it, yeah, characters. it's not like it's a better story or it's a worse story. It's a continuation of uh, the original story, it says. <laughs> cool. All righty, well, I guess that's it for us then. All right. So uh, we'll kind of sign off for here, and I guess we'll, we'll be, be back uh, next time with something else. I don't know what we're going to do. we got MCU coming uh, Wednesday afternoon That'll next, be, uh, right? That's after. Yeah, that's the, the new year. Which I, I was just looking at. We got our anniversary coming up. January 16th was the first time we recorded a podcast. Oh, is that our Star Wars one? <laughs> yeah, so that'll be, uh, we're almost at a year, which is kind of crazy. It's like, we'll be like 57, 58 episodes in at a that's year. That's more than one a week, so. <laughs> yeah, but it's pretty cool. So, no, I'm, I'm, I'm still excited nice. about that. All right, well, we can say goodnight from here then. So Sounds good. That's it for us. Good night. Good night.